Hey, it's Greg. Thanks for checking out Toronto Today for October 18th. Doug Ford says he stood shoulder to shoulder with Justin Trudeau in enacting the Emergencies Act, and he didn't evade the question. He didn't dance and hop around it. He gave a pretty straightforward answer in that things needed to be done to change what was happening in Ottawa at that point in time. Few would disagree. The question would be, after four weeks, they few would disagree. But the question would be, was the Emergencies Act the right way to go about it? I explore that a little bit with the motivation or lack thereof, which I find refreshing. Because Doug Ford is just saying what he thinks and not up there or out there trying to score political points. We could use more moments like that from him and many other politicians. We discussed that on Toronto Today. Uh, Doug Ford, uh, the premier of this province, I think taking some heat on uh, yesterday, I was listening to Oakley callers um, heat him up. I think John did a great job in letting he lets people speak, and also makes the point like this this the rather ridiculous sentiment that same a couple people came up with, and there were people kind of upset that Doug Ford is aligned with Justin Trudeau on the need for the Emergencies Act. I'm not aligned with either of them. On the fact that the Emergencies Act was necessary, I watched police, local police, and with some national help in Windsor, uh, stop protesters on the Ambassador Bridge from blocking it. I watched it happen in Sarnia with the Blue Water Bridge. Those protests weren't quite as significant as what was happening in Ottawa. Of course they weren't. But I think I have to give Doug Ford in Ontario the bronze medal in terms of responsibility for how things got out of control. Number one to me are the people of Ottawa. Uh, and the that's the police. That's the mayor who will testify today, the outgoing mayor, uh, Jim Watson, who already should have been outgone. Outgoing's not good enough. It's October. He should have been outgone after February. The police chief was. I'd love to know why the police chief was more culpable and took more responsibility for his own inaction than the mayor of the city itself. Because by the way, a week and a half into the freedom convoy, if you will, there was a protest in Toronto and we talked about it and it was discussed and it was analyzed by the powers that be in Toronto. And they said, let's make sure cars and trucks can't park on this road. Let's make sure this area here, remember in front of hospital row isn't accessible and let's make sure people can protest peacefully, but still get from point A to B on a sunny freezing ass cold day and Saturday. Let's do that. And that worked. It's amazing what some planning and some proper examples of how you would organize can actually help. And so I look yesterday and I see Doug Ford at an announcement with Justin Trudeau. And he says, in essence, something that I don't have to agree with, but I'm glad he's saying it instead of pushing it to something else turning, uh, you know, running out the clock uh, in terms of an, an answer when he gets asked a pointed question as to whether or not he supported the Emergencies Act. Yes, I, I stood shoulder to shoulder with the, the Prime Minister. Uh, the, these uh, folks were, were, you know, camping out, everything from whirlpools, disrupting downtown, disrupting the lives of the people of Ottawa. Uh, we've worked collaboratively with, with the Mayor and the, the, the Prime Minister over at the borders, they were holding up a billion dollars of trade every single day getting across our borders. We were getting phone calls from governors. It's unacceptable. Uh, myself and, and I know the Prime Minister believe in free speech 
And if you want to protest, protest. If you want to come down to Queens Park and do cartwheels. But if you disrupt the lives of the people of Ottawa every single day, disrupt the lives of economic flow across our borders, I have zero tolerance for it. And he's allowed to feel that way. That's fine. I had zero tolerance for it also at a certain point in time. I can't imagine living in Ottawa. Now, remember, there's always a couple things that are true. It was really inconvenient. It was, it disrupted lives. It disrupted Ottawa's economy. It disrupted the balance of of what you were living through at the time. Here's what it wasn't. It wasn't Kiev, Ukraine, okay? You weren't living in Bosnia in 1994. Give me a break. There's been a little too much about uh, how, uh, how stocked you felt or the microaggressions you started to feel. Let's talk about actual aggressions. It was the streets were awash with violence. Really? I'd love to know the violent acts. And if police weren't arresting people for violent acts, I'd love to know that. So the truth always ends up being somewhere in the middle. Almost always something will be exaggerated for political purposes or just because that's the era we live in right now. And uh, and, and there's people that want to make everybody look bad in this. There's people that want to make Trudeau look bad. There's people that want to make the protesters look bad. I think we can say at the end of the day that it was the most obvious and observable that Ottawa has ever been in the global landscape. Ottawa doesn't get a lot of attention in terms of the world keeping its eyes on it. But the Freedom Convoy, with truckers descending on the Canadian Parliament to protest vaccine mandates and see their, and say, well, our rights are being infringed here, it got a lot of attention. We know this. It went up absolutely everywhere. We tend not to be as interesting politically as moments like that. I understand that that would be true. Mercedes Stevenson, who hosts the West Block, put this report together, but this also documents some of what was absolutely uh, spit up in terms of responsibility by Ottawa's municipal government. They knew the protesters would dig in. They were given receipts from local hotels saying, you don't understand. They're booking for 30 days, not three. They plan to chain their trucks together so you can't bring a random tow truck around and tow away a big rig. They tried to tell the city council this, and the city council, A, didn't do anything to uh, mobilize police and law enforcement, and B, and I don't know why this isn't getting talked about enough, they didn't even think to tell the citizens of Ottawa this could be bad news and for the long haul. And a January 25th email forwarded to the mayor's office warned that around 10,000 demonstrators planned to stay in Ottawa for 30 to 90 days. The city was also warned by a protest organizer who approached them, saying the convoy planned to camp out at Parliament Hill indefinitely and that they wanted to attempt citizens' arrests on Prime Minister Trudeau. When the trucks did dig in, we heard testimony today the city didn't bother trying to ticket them, assuming it would achieve little and could agitate other demonstrators. The city of Ottawa also delayed filing an injunction, fearing it did not have the resources to move the trucks. Didn't have the resources. Well, you know, don't try, don't succeed. Uh, Ottawa absolutely wanted nothing to do with this. And when you hear the story, also in her story, is the idea that federal uh, cops were brought in, and instead of actually clearing things out and actually making a difference on the ground, they were told, hey, protect federal buildings. Federal police, as in RCMP, are here to protect federal buildings. I'm sure that makes the people of Ottawa so grateful that nothing happened to buildings when there were transport trucks parked on their street and preventing them from sleeping. Again, I'm not going to tell you it was a walk in the park to live in Ottawa in early February of 2022. 
I'm also not going to tell you that anybody who's ever lived with any kind of uh, an uncivil uh, metropolitan issues in, you know, Sarajevo or Kiev right now, uh, your, your complaints about Ottawa and the fact you couldn't get to Starbucks that morning fall on deaf ears. I get it was difficult. I get it disrupted work. It disrupted school. It disrupted a lot of things. And there were some things that were true about it, and there were some things that were not. I also look at the scenario with the uh, idea this was just some absolute mass protest of people who didn't be- don't believe in vaccines, and I'm thinking, that math doesn't add up. There were tens of thousands of people there. You think they all were unvaccinated? Uh, 7% of Canadians by that point in time hadn't been vaccinated. You think they all descended upon Ottawa at once? Come on. That's really convenient. So there was a lot of defending of, of the indefensible, the Freedom Convoy itself being there for 30 days, and a lot of attacking of uh, what was defensible, that some people showed up and wanted to be part of a movement that said, hey, I've got my shots, I just don't believe in the mandates. I believe in the vaccines and their effectiveness for uh, affecting severity of illness. I do not believe necessarily in what this government's doing and how it's dividing Canadians. You can be of two minds and understand that there were far-right, wacky, crazy activists there, and there were actual normal Canadian citizens, and they all just happened to be in attendance with each other at different points in time. Both things can be true.